You are listening to The Coming Out Tapes, an audio archive of LGBTQ stories. I am your curator, Karis Bradley. Welcome to another episode of The Coming Out Tapes. Um, today I'm talking to Yian Skinner. Um, so do you want to introduce yourself in terms of like who you are and what you do and all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Well, as you said, I'm Yian Skinner. I'm 24. I'm a computer programmer living in London. I work for a children's charity here, and I'm originally from South Wales. Where in South Wales? So I'm from the county of Monmouthshire, from a tiny village there called Abergavenny, which... By pure coincidence, is where my aunt lives. I know, it's such a small world. It's really weird how that keeps happening. It, it does, because like, I've met people in clubs and stuff, and you tell them you're from Wales, and again, it's the story of where from, and so you keep reducing it, you know, like, I'm from the south. But we're in the south. I'm from Monmouthshire, but we're in Monmouthshire. I'm from Abergavenny. Oh my God, my brother was your neighbour, or something like that. It just, yeah, small, small world. But now I'm living in the big city. Uh, does it, how does it compare? Oh, it's so different. It, it's it's literally fish out of water. Completely wasn't ready for it. Like when I went to university in Swansea, I thought that was this huge leap, and then doing the leap from Swansea to London was just something else. Um, okay, so back on topic. Uh, how do you identify? So I identify as bisexual, pansexual, and queer are the terms I like, and it kind of just depends who I'm talking to. So my parents know me as bisexual, but if I'm talking to people within the community, I'll normally use pansexual because I think it fits better. But after learning what the derivation of queer was being just not straight, I quite like using that now. So I go between terms, like I'm, I'm still so new to being out that at this point I am um, kind of still experimenting with those. Where yeah. did you learn the what the word queer means? I learned it from the amazing Karis Bradley. <laughs> uh, you're the invention of a lesbianism show at the Vagina Museum, which was amazing. Aww. So, so funny. Oh, Thank my you. word. Everybody should see it, of course. <laughs> Doing your own advertising for you. Uh, but yeah. Such a good guest. Um, okay, so you, uh, you use those different words mm-hmm. um, for the different sort of communities that you interact with mm-hmm. um which word do you think that you started using first a uh, bisexual first because i wasn't even aware of most other terms before i went to university so growing up i was aware of homosexual and gay i was aware of heterosexual and straight and i was aware of bisexual somewhat but i was sort of apprehensive to even think of myself that way because very um unsure growing up if i was gay or straight or not and I think it's this weird middle ground you don't even know if you can occupy because people tell you, and it's kind of biphobic, that like bisexuality isn't real and it's sort of like this place that people occupy before finding out if they're gay or straight. And so for a long time, I was happy to call myself bisexual and to think of myself as bisexual, but I otherwise wasn't sure. But yeah, I think I use the term bi more than I've ever used any other term. Um, do you think that part of it when you were growing up was um, this idea that if you are ever attracted to someone of the same sex, regardless of your attraction to people of the opposite sex, that means that you must be gay? Yeah, basically. And the idea that, like, I don't know where I picked it up, but, like, you couldn't be bisexual and monogamous. So if you ever wanted to commit to one person, then that's not what bisexuality is. It necessarily means you, the, the horrible phrase people would use is, like, you want your cake and eat it like you just want everything in the world and so I knew I didn't want that I knew I wanted to be with one person and so yeah it it never knew if I actually fit the definition as I understood it from what like society was telling me but as I've like matured and 
come across other people within the community and met more bisexual people i've realized that like you know that societal narrative is the thing that's wrong not me and i'm learning to adapt to that um do you remember the first time that you maybe felt comfortable saying or thinking that you were bisexual thinking was in my like really late teens because in my early teens when i first you know went through puberty and started to realize i had this attraction to the same sex and the opposite sex i didn't want anybody else to know because like at school it was still even though i'm quite young it was still at a time when it was still like an insult to be called gay and nobody wanted to be seen that way so i was really really unsure about it and then when i was in my late teens i realized that i do feel this way and that's okay to feel that way and that I was just going to embrace it and think of myself that way. But that was only for me. I still wasn't willing to tell anybody else at that point because I just didn't know how I'd be received and I was so scared of that. Like, not even worried about having people treat me badly, just treating me differently at all was a thing that I was like, I don't want to, so I'm not going to tell anybody and I'll just keep this to me and that'll be enough for now. Um, what kind of impact do you think that that had on you? Because you were quite young. Hmm... Um, in some ways it was like a survival mechanism, so it meant school was easier and stuff like that. Like, I occasionally think now, like, did I lose time? Like, should I have done it sooner? Like, I don't have the experiences that other people in the community I know have when they were at high school and they came out and they were accepted and they had all those thoughts and feelings. But at the same time, I know that, like, that's kind of revisionist in my mind that, like, it wouldn't have been all sunshine and rainbows if I come out you know, in a tiny village in the early 2000s, it would have been a lot harder. So it, it helped to keep it inside, but it got to the point where, especially now, like when I came out, like I couldn't do that anymore. Like that, that was the one thing that like, I couldn't square the circle anymore. I was like, I have to tell somebody, or I have to tell my parents mainly, like I need them to know because them not knowing just felt like, I wasn't being truthful with them and that was just really hurtful to me and to them and yeah that's kind of why it sort of hit a crescendo I think. So you came out as bisexual mm -hmm. and then um, you sort of started using the word pi pansexual mm -hmm. so do you remember when you first kind of encountered this word and, and how that was? Yeah it was part of so the way we know each other, obviously, is from university debating circuit. Obviously. Yeah. Can you not tell that we're debaters? <laughs> totally. Um, I'm expecting a bang at seven minutes to let me know <laughs> that, like, I'm in my time limit or someone to offer me a POI as I'm talking. It's really... <laughs> so for people who have not encountered the very bizarre world of university debating, um, it's just a competitive debate circuit where you have... Uh, formal debates about a variety of different topics and you get to travel over the country and sometimes the world meeting people from other universities and debating against them and it's very fun and also very not fun and it very variable but uh that's how that's how we met yeah and so doing that at university basically a, a very common topic is like lgbt rights and stuff like that and i was like if i'm gonna be good at debating these topics i need to understand them so i try to read more and learn more I uh, went to the LGBT society at university then and that's when I started to learn about the different terms and pansexuality and even like intersectionality and asexuality and all these other monikers that were otherwise up until that point I was just LGBT I had never heard anything more so that was where I first encountered it yeah through that entire like very liberal left-wing sort of university place 
And how, uh, what does the word pansexual mean to you and how does it like differ from mm. bisexual? As I understand it, because like, as I say, I could be completely wrong with other people's definitions, but it's just romantic and sexual attraction to people irrespective of their gender identity and their sexual orientation. So bisexuality, as I understood it, meant, you know, exclusively uh, male, female, you know, it doesn't allow for androgyny, non-binary people. It can be kind of exclusive, yeah, exclude trans people sometimes and people who maybe don't fit the traditional gender expression. And so that's why I didn't necessarily think it fits because, you know, I have dated non-binary people and I don't know if, if saying bisexuality to them would make me think that I was attracted to them or not attracted to them. So for, for me, it was just a more broad term to fit the sort of umbrella that just is people's gender and sex and all that. But you don't think that your parents would maybe understand? No. I, I, don't, I kind of know that they don't because, like... And I don't know if they're going to listen to this or not. If, if they do, <laughs> it's whatever because, like, you know, I'm not being bawdy or anything. But, like, I know that they've tried to learn a lot since I've came out and they've started, like, watching all these shows that I didn't even know existed. Like, on Channel 4 now, apparently, there's just loads of LGBT shows. And every time they're confronted with something new, they, like, talk to me about it. They're so confused about it. And I think pansexuality is one of those ones they just wouldn't get. And I'm kind of happy to sit down and explain it to them. But it's then their friends and their friends' friends. And I'm just, like bisexuality is a fitting term so i'm just happy to be known as that for now and then maybe in the coming years i I will try and sit down and have that discussion with them but yeah i know it's not something they would necessarily understand and it's one of those things when i'm dealing with not my parents necessarily but kind of older people non-queer people i do i just i always waiting for the joke of you know i'm pansexual and they're like oh do you like walks then and it's (laughs) like oh you're so unoriginal it's not funny it it annoys me to no end so i'm just like you know i'll say bisexual and then you occasionally get the people who are like oh you're attracted to bikes and it's like my word these jokes are awful but yeah I, i try to go with the fitting term because i don't even think like i could do the best job at explaining them anyway because, you know, there are way more resources that help me understand it better. And I think maybe pointing my parents at those as opposed to, you know, sitting down and saying to them, this is what you must know now uh, and embrace me. Otherwise, you know, things are going to be awkward. Just wouldn't work out, I think. What uh, do you have any like do you have like a number one resource that you would recommend that you read or listened to or watched? It's mostly stuff my friends share, to be honest, because I've I've managed to meet loads of people in the queer community, and so for news, I really like turning to like Pink Times and stuff. Uh, there's some great YouTubers that do really good work now, like Matt Baum has like does so much cool material on um, like queer representation in media and stuff like this. So yeah, just look around online. There's tons of it. I mean, yourself and your shows, I think, are a, are, are a huge part of that, you know? That's why I'm, I am I swear I'm going to drag my parents to one of them. I feel like people will think that I have brought you on this podcast <laughs> just as an advert Yeah, for my stuff. I am laying it on pretty thick. <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, if you had to pick like the first time that you came out, yeah. if you could work out when that was, um, mm-hmm. when was it and, and who was it to? 
Mm-hmm. So I've had um, partners in the past that I've talked about it with vaguely and sort of, you know, said that I've had these experiences and I think that means this about me and stuff like that. But the real, like, moment I consider was back in about March, so really recently now, was we were playing this um, game called Red Flags where you basically, it's a kind of like a card game, right, where one person is the single person and the other people make a date for that person and using these cards, one of the cards is a red flag. And so I was at this pre-drinks doing it with a bunch of people, all of whom were queer. We were going to a gay club in Oxford that night, so I felt very comfortable in the space. And one of the people who I'd met before, she turned to me and she asked, what are you? Which was like a really surprising way to be asked that, because I was like, damn, that's very direct and to the point. And at the time, I thought like space-time had frozen and I was there just hanging with my mouth open for ages. Turns out it wasn't. I kind of answered straight away, you know, oh, I'm pansexual. And they were like, cool. And so the game continued on and I was like, the sky didn't fall. I was like expecting something more than that. But like, because it was just so, yep, that is you, it, it really felt amazing. And then went out that night, just had an amazing night out, felt really, really good. And from there on, it was just the more people I met, the more happy I was to just tell them if it, if they asked or sort of let it be known that, you know, this is who I am. And then the second pivotal moment was obviously coming out to my parents then because that whole coming out to people happened with an ex of mine. And at that time, the only person I had come out to, or people rather, was them and people I'd met via them. So when we broke up, I was thinking to myself, or I found my myself saying, like, if I want to right now, I can happily go back into the closet. Because the only people that know I'm out are now disconnected from me. They're not a part of my everyday life. And I can easily just slip back into that role of having people think I'm straight and just living that way if I wanted to. And it was, like, so overwhelming on top of everything else that I was on the phone to my mum and, like, I told her all about the breakup and, you know, how sad I was. And then she was like, okay, you know, it's going to get better. It's going to be fine. And I just didn't want to hang up the phone. I was like, I need to tell you something. I need to tell you something. I need to tell you something. And I think by about the fifth, I need to tell you something. She was kind of, like, knew that I was going to drop something. And she was like, you know I love you unconditionally. Please just tell me. And when she said, please tell me, I was like, oh... I kind of understand that this is hurting her a little bit. Like, she knows that I'm I, I'm not being truthful. So, yeah, I told her on the phone then, you know, Mum, I'm bisexual. I've known this for a while. And it was great. She told me she loved me and, you know, I would always be her son, all that sort of stuff. And since then, it's just been a, yeah, continuing process of meeting new people and having them just know. So you told your mum over the phone, mm-hmm. and then did you also tell your dad then, or? So I don't speak to my dad. I haven't oh, spoken that to was my a very dad. Question. <laughs> I really should have. No, it's it's a part of like the story, I guess. Because yeah, I I don't speak to him. I haven't spoken to him for a while, and I don't even know how that conversation would go these days. Like, because growing up, like from the age of six to eighteen, was just rugby. And that was with him as the coach. And so it was rugby, rugby, rugby. And that was part of where I think, alongside school and media, I sort of got all that kind of, you know, little bit of undertones of homophobia. Where it was like, you know, we're not going to explicitly say we don't like gay people, but we're certainly not going to be inclusive towards it. I'm going to turn our nose up and, 
you know, we're not going to make you feel like, well, I didn't feel like as a teenager I could talk to them about it and I could come out and I could do those things. So, yeah, I, maybe he knows for all I know. Do you know what I mean? Like, a few mutual friends he could have found out by now because I have told people that are intermediaries between us. So maybe he knows, maybe he doesn't. But, yeah, that's not gone down yet. Okay. Um, do you think that you would have told your mum if she hadn't said, like, please just tell me? Oh, that's such a good question because I honestly don't know because I kept repeating, like, I have something I want to tell you, I have something I want to tell you. And, like, I realised afterwards it was more like trying to, like, psych myself up to do it. So I think I needed her in that moment to just say, please, because, yeah, it really was one of these things that was like, I know you want to know. Do you know what I mean? I'm not just taking this thing and dumping it in front of you and going, there, deal with it, that's for yours. You said to me, I want whatever, you know, baggage or whatever you're dealing with, so please just tell me. So hopefully I would have, but I don't know for sure. So um, you're out to your mum mm-hmm. and you have siblings. Mm-hmm. Are you out to your siblings? Uh, yes, so they know. Um, is there anywhere in your life that you're not out so I'm not explicitly out at work. I've never talked to anyone about it. I have a couple of work colleagues on Facebook who might have seen, like, at this point, and I even wore uh, this pride hat I'm wearing now to work today, so I'm kind of like, hopefully they've got the, you know, gist of things, but um, certainly to, like, my older bosses and stuff, I've never talked about it, and they've certainly never asked, and so that might be a place where as people do in society, you know, if you don't tell them, they just assume you're straight. So, yeah, I could still be, uh, as far as they know, yeah, straight. But the real one I need to consider now is I'm starting a new job, and I don't know what that process is going to be like, you know? Like, do I go in on day one, just waving the rainbow flag, sort of saying hello? Or do I sort of casually introduce them to it? I don't know. This is why I need the coming out tapes to learn, you see. (laughs) I'm going to hear other people's stories and reflect, and it's going to be really cathartic. You're such a suck-up. I know. Um, <laughs> I was always a teacher's pet. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's my character. Do you... So, um, with work, uh, you say that you've not really talked about it, but, like, mm-hmm. you do quite a lot of stuff within the community, so you volunteered at Oxford Pride. Mm-hmm. So is there, like, a thing at work where your colleagues are like, oh, what did you do at the weekend? And that kind of stuff, where there would be opportunities for you to talk about being within that space yeah that does tend to happen most monday mornings but like to my shame i actually don't think i mentioned it like i do i do think they sort of asked and i was just like oh i just went up to oxford something like that do you know what i mean i wasn't because it's still one of those things that like i just don't want to be met with surprise yet because i haven't i've been met with nothing but like love and niceties from everyone so i'm really dreading the first person who's surprised or shocked or even like upset at me in some way so I kind of have been quite quiet about it I actually went into work this week with a shirt that said sachet away on it and I had to explain hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring? Is that you? 
Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot Code SUPER24. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. To all these people what RuPaul was, and it was, oh, it was agony. I really just, and the more it went on and on, I was just like, oh, please stop asking me. Please stop asking me. This is so draining. But yeah, I, I kind of hope they know at this point. Do you know of anyone who's gay in your workplace? Yeah. So the I'm on a development team of about five people. And one of the two senior devs is um, gay and uh, uh, in a long-term relationship and all that. So he, he gets on fine at work. And I know he knows for sure. Because he's like um, sort of said to me in, in not so subtle ways. Like, you know, I think he said, like, I saw your Facebook thing sort of implying like oh okay okay yeah so he knows and he's lovely i really think that we should maybe explain the facebook thing oh yeah so as a part of after coming out to my parents i was really um quite mad at myself for not telling friends and stuff especially people who like i knew were also lgbt i felt like of all the people that should have known it should have been you and so in like one fell swoop i was like i want to just let all these people know I don't want to have to go around one by one. I just want to let people know. So I wrote a Facebook status just being like, you know, feeling really emotional right now. Just came out to my parents. I want to let everybody know who doesn't know that I'm bisexual. This is who I am. I love you all. Thank you all for being so nice. And yeah, quite a lot of friends saw it then. And I had like old friends get back in touch and people within the community reach out and be like, yay, so happy for you. And inviting me to all these things now so like my London Pride this year went from a day of like you know oh, I'm just gonna walk around and see what happens to like several events and stuff so yeah it's, it's been really really amazing and I'm, I'm just so glad that everybody has been nice like it I really was sure I was like there's gonna be one there's gonna be one bad apple in every cart that upsets you or says something but Either they've just shut up or they don't exist in my life which means I think that means I'm doing a good job I'm, <laughs> I'm weeding out the haters do you think that, um, so you've come out on the phone and you've come out um, on Facebook and mm-hmm. you've sort of come out by wearing like clothes that mm-hmm. would indicate that you're part of this community. Do you think that because, like, have you had any experiences where you sort of sat down with someone and said face to face, came out to them? Oh, good question. Not really, no. Like, it's hard as well because I feel like in setting that up, like having the sit down, like somber tone to it, it would kind of 
imply that there was something about it that should be sad and we should be emotive and i kind of just always wanted it to be happy first and foremost like i do not want a cry when i'm coming out to someone like I'm, i dread that but i also don't know if like that would leave me feeling good afterwards i yeah you're right i've never actually had the sort of i need something i need to tell you let's sit down breathe in breathe out okay this is who i am it has been like sort of way more subtle than that or as I say, having people ask me in very direct ways and just saying, yeah, that's sort of it. Do you think maybe that because with the, like, all of your friendship group and then, like, with your parent, uh, with your mum, sorry, with all of your friendship group and, and then with your mum, the fact that you created that, like, physical distance, mm-hmm. do you think that that helped in terms of the reactions that you got? I don't know if it helped. I, th- Yeah, probably, actually, because... Most people who knew me for a long time would probably say that, like, he's very reserved, very to himself. So I think doing the exact opposite of that and saying, I want you all to embrace this part of me and I want to embrace you and I just wanted to, you know, be loving and um, sort of talk about myself, which I would never do in a million years. I really, really hate, like, any eyes being trained on me. I feel like I'm under a microscope sort of doing the opposite of that I think a lot of people knew like that is so out of character like this must have like really been weighing on you in some way and especially like my long-term friends like they they really rallied around me pretty quickly I think and they were they were just so nice about it but yeah so I think yeah having that physical distance and then closing that they were like this is different this isn't who he normally is with us so you know this clearly has to be something we take seriously or we respond to and we show him love for um okay so you have come out to your mum you came out to pretty much everyone that you're connected with on social media in one fell swoop mm-hmm. um have you got any like memorable positive coming out stories as you have no negative coming out stories um positive coming out stories that you haven't already mentioned yeah i get my negatives are like tbd i guess to be seen um well, i've not had any negative coming out stories, but i have had negative like homophobic remarks being thrown at me so far which is like a whole other thing but in terms of positive coming out stories it's mostly like when i was subverting a couple of people's expectations because i was in a um open relationship with somebody who was female presenting and so in that situation everyone just looks at you and go oh you're straight you're straight and then having people you know you go out to a club and they see you kissing somebody of the same sex and they just go oh like it's a uh, really really revelatory to them and i think that was kind of one of the ones that really shocked me the first time where I went to uh, queer spaces um, for the first time in like here in London and in Oxford. And I had people sort of, I think, side eye me a little bit because I'm kind of straight presenting, I guess. Like I never really learned how to like be comfortable in who I am. And then just having that sort of blow up and have them sort of go, yes, and cheer me on and stuff like that was really, really... um it felt really nice it had people who were like not only sort of like accepting of me but like happy for me i was like yes this is kind of the the community i wanted to be a part of so those are the best ones do you think that you did you feel like you had to like earn acceptance within the community not earn it i think it was kind of just uh given to me pretty early on i think that i for a long time i worried i had to prove myself and so in that relationship, for instance, there was a part of me that wanted to, like, 
let people know that I'm not just saying I'm this identity, like I, I've acted upon it. And it's like kind of a weird thing. And like, you don't want to have to recount your like sexual history with people to let them know. But for some people, I know that they sort of, especially with bisexuality, they're like, mm, are you really though? Are you confused? Are you just occupying a space until you go, oh, actually, no, I am, you know, straight or gay either way. And so for a long time, I was, I did spend my time thinking like, you know, I want to make it known that like, this isn't just a word I'm choosing to use. It, it's very accurate in describing both my past, my present and what I want my future to be. Um, what do you think? So you, you're more comfortable now mm -hmm. um, and more confident in your sexuality. Mm -hmm. What do you think has changed? Uh, about me, everything. Like most people, I kind of spent a long time being a Debbie Downer about things and like knowing that about myself and I sort of told myself for a long time that like that's that's just who you are like and that's fine you know people will learn to live with it and I think part of what led to that was just hiding and if I feel like if you can't be yourself then you you can't be honest and if you're not being honest then it's really easy to feel comfortable anywhere because internally you're totally uncomfortable all the time and you carry that with you wherever you go and so I think at the point at which I became comfortable with who I am I was able to let other people be comfortable with me and be comfortable around them so I think my entire like behavior and outlook on life has just changed completely and at the same time though I, I don't want to pretend that like coming out is this like magical moment that just injects happiness into you I know it's not for a lot of people but for me it was one of those things that I was finally just able to say like I'm honest I'm true I'm being who I am so yeah my, my entire outlook in that way has definitely changed and I've made loads of friends like just so many people have just been really really kind and um compassionate and just sort of showed me uh that if I want to, there are people to meet and things to do and things to see. And for a long time, like I lived in London for a solid year, just not meeting new people, just completely sticking with the same old people that I had known throughout my whole life and just refusing to even try and meet new people. And in the last like month and a bit alone, I've met more people just than I have in that entire year past that. And I, I do think part of that was becoming comfortable with myself for sure. So, um, what do you think that, like, what does coming out mean to you? For me, it is about acceptance. It's about accepting yourself and then having other people know that about you and hopefully accepting you. And then when you have that, it means that you can interact with them in a way that's more genuine because you know who you are, they know who you are, and you're not having to sort of lie and live under this idea of, you know, just assume that I'm straight, assume that I'm cis, you know, assume I'm the normative behavior. And then that's how we interact with each other. Because internally, I don't feel that way. And having you not know that not being out to you in that way means that like, we're not talking about each other, honestly. And so that's what it all came down to for me was just about a accepting myself i needed to do that and then b having the people i really care about accepting me um so that wasn't an instant process mm -hmm. was it so it was a, a gradual gradual process yeah for accepting myself for sure do you think that that was just part of 
growing up and moving on to a different stage in your life or was it something that you sort of had to really work at? I had to uh, fight against it. it um, part of it was just the changing time. So like I remember going through puberty and stuff, having, you know, my first feelings towards people of the same sex and the opposite sex and knowing that I had a sexual attraction to people but not wanting to ever have a romantic relationship with someone of the same sex because just I didn't want the shame of it I didn't want people to look at me weird or sort of just throw scorn at me in a way that like if I maybe I was in high school now in 2018 that would be a bit different maybe I don't know I don't know what school's like anymore but that was um an entire process and I don't think you can live your life that way and not internalize some of it, like especially the biphobia. Like for the longest time, the reason I wouldn't, wasn't willing to tell anyone else I was bisexual was because I genuinely, like some part of my brain believed that part that said, you know, are you bisexual though? Or is that just, you know, some ground you want to occupy until you move towards saying I'm totally straight or I'm totally gay. And so fighting those demons and learning so much more about you know uh and seeing other couples actually really really help seeing people who themselves were in same-sex relationships and totally happy totally comfortable totally just living their life which in a small village in wales just wasn't even existent so i think yeah coming to terms with all those whilst also telling myself you know these things that you think are instinctual or actually learned behaviors that society put on you growing up was eventually what led me to just saying i can't anymore i need to tell them i need to be out Thank you so much for listening. Um, you've been listening to me, Karis Bradley. I'd like to say a couple of thank yous to the other people who've worked on this project. So Alex Lathbridge, who has helped with the hosting of the podcast and also the compiling of, of the music that you've heard, um, and to Scary Boots for creating our incredible artwork. Please subscribe, review, tell your friends, spread the word. Um, and if you want to get involved and be interviewed on the podcast, then there's a link Um on the website and in the bio of our, our Twitter. So there's a little form that you can fill out. I hope you have a lovely day. Um, bonus material. Though. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a bonus question? Yeah, go for it. Um, are you out of your gym? Oh my God, that's a great question. Um, again, it's not like an explicit thing. Like, I'm, I have terrible... I don't even know if you can say the phrase gaydar. I don't know if it's a thing or not, but I'm really bad at knowing these things. And so I've had recently, I think, guys flirting with me at the gym, but I don't know if they're just being really friendly and helpful if they're actually flirting with me. And I think that, like, I'm doing, I do that thing of, like, just trying to peacock, like, wearing rainbow hats or, like, I once went with my nails painted to the gym, which is, I'm just trying to signal outwardly, you know, that you may think I'm straight, but I'm not. And, I think it's one of those things that, like, it kind of has paid off a little bit. I think some of the regulars who I see um, quite a lot sort of know now. Uh, Some of them, maybe some of them just think my form is sloppy and want to come correct me. (laughs) But I like to think that they're there for me. (laughs) I'll have to, yeah. I've I've certainly never told anyone explicitly. Because I remember, like, 
so I, I love my gym. Mm. I really, really like it. The staff are really friendly and the classes are really good. But I was really worried about coming out because mm-hmm. I feel like it's difficult because obviously you're sharing changing rooms with people and they're all of yeah. these like horrible stereotypes. And I definitely feel as though I have gotten some like dirty looks and stuff from oh, women who go no. to my gym. So I was really worried about coming out. And then but I'm very lucky because the people there who work there are so nice. Um, and they're really friendly and they ask about like your day mm. and what's happening in your life. And then I told one of them that I had a girlfriend um, and it's all just been really, really lovely. And they like, um, some of them have now met my girlfriend uh, when she has begrudgingly come to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they have just been really lovely about it. But I remember that being like one of my milestones in yeah. terms of coming out I was, like i literally i came out of the gym after coming out at the gym and then told people i was like i came out to my gym today i'm really excited so i was just wondering because you obviously go to the gym this is a podcast so you can't see that <laughs> this guy's arms are the size of a normal person's legs <laughs> Oh, now I feel like you're like laying on thick with me. It's fine. This is just like a circle of praise today. Sharing the love. Yeah. Yeah. It, mm, that's so interesting because I've not thought about like the politics of the change room in that way because like I had growing up playing rugby some real bad experiences with that. Like um, I just I remember because especially rugby has this like weird homoeroticism about it where like some of the ways you prank each other is like you steal someone's clothes so they have to run through the clubhouse completely nude and it's like why do you want them to do that do you are you wanting to see them and so yeah it's definitely something i have a fear about i do have a fear but i'm kind of fearful about being confronted in any way because i've just not dealt with it and i don't know i don't know that i would handle it in a very level-headed manner i'm kind of just like at this point, I'm I'm too tired of being in the closet for so long to deal with anybody now that I'm out telling me that I'm bad. So I I would maybe throw a punch or something. I don't know. It might yeah. It it, it I it would not handle it well. I've had one instance in London so far where it's led to that. You so. punched a guy. Went to yeah. Got kicked out of a club. It was not fun. <laughs> Do you want to tell the story? Um yeah sure. So it was uh, and this is one of the ones actually where maybe a colleague. Because I was very drunk, so I can't remember if I actually did tell them or not. But we were at a a club after a works do, so like a couple work colleagues, and there was just a guy there who had been very nice and very like just talking to me and stuff like that. And I like offered to buy him a drink, and he like whispered in my ear something like, um, "Stop being such a slur." And I remember at the time, I was like, what, what, what did you say? And he was like, you're acting like a boom again. And I was like, oh, you mother. And yeah, but I didn't, didn't handle it very well. And I sort of, because I wasn't even out at this time. And so I said to him, you know, why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? What if I was? What if I was? And yeah, and get into a pushing match. And then his friends went and pulled him away. My friends went to pull me away. Bouncers came over. They were like, you know, you got to go because everyone was like, you instigated it, which they thought I did because they didn't know that he whispered that in my ear, right? So, like, as far as they could see, they could just see me suddenly getting really irate with this dude. But, yeah, it it wasn't the most mature way of handling it, you know? I wish I'd just been more confident in who I was, but at the time, I was just like, no. Because I thought coming to London would be the place that that wouldn't happen. I was like, not in London. London is, like, the metropolitan 
totally left-leaning, like, you know, place where nobody is going to, like, say those sorts of things to you. But sadly, it's not true. The streets are also paved with gold. Yeah, I know. It really... It's one of the things we talk to people back home and they're, like, just in shock at what London is actually like. Like, especially (laughs) because we're in Peckham now. And, like... All the people in my village, their reference for Peckham is just only fools and horses. It's like, oh, Del Boy and all that. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's largely non-white. You completely don't understand what Peckham is like. Bless you. I have yeah. seen um, one of the yellow cars, though. So. Yeah, there's a uh, hotel that's like five minutes yeah. from here yeah. that has it outside. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the weirdest tourist attraction ever. Because I guess like it's such a British thing that maybe non-British tourists are looking around. They're like, "Why are those people taking photos of the yellow car that says Wheeler Dealer on it?" But it's like we love it. It's our history. It's our culture.